0: Hi there, I'm Pastor Rod Parsley, and I sure wanna thank you for listening to today's podcast. I'm the senior pastor of World Harvest Church, where we love God and love people, and I hope you'll be inspired by today's message. Now for more great content and lots of updates, I'd love to connect with you online at rodparsley.com. But right now, let's head into today's episode. We live in a day and an hour when we are surrounded perpetually by the finite. In fact, we live in a world that has spent the better part of the last half century attempting to go deeper and deeper and smaller and smaller. It is that science has abandoned for all practicality the exploration of the infinite expanse of space and turned its attention rather to the microbe and the microscope, to the atom and the splitting of the atom, to the smallest and the minutest, and in so doing, for the past half century, it is my fear that we have abandoned not only the exploration of the infinity of space, but the infinity of the God who rides the wild wings of the morning. I fear that we have created and constructed for ourselves a God who is according to our similitude I need to remind you that although Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 describe the creation of mankind in these terms and God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Job said there is a spirit in man, it is the breath of Almighty that gives him understanding. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. God created man in his image. We have reversed the course and striven to create a God in our image. We must be very careful in this user-friendly and seeker-sensitive age of ours when we have brought God so low and exalted men so high that it has become difficult to tell the difference. Often our faith is placed not in God, where he declared in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one, have faith in God. We have abandoned those wonderful Calvinistic and Lutheran doctrines that tell us that we are saved in, by, and through Christ and Christ alone and we have created a God that like Abraham in his fallen condition have felt it necessary to help God alone. We have taken Bible doctrine and we have driven it so far to one extreme that we have excluded the importance and the reality for which that word was given. We must be careful that we do not create in our hearts, our minds, our spirits a God that we have to help. For in helping God Somehow or another, we always end up with Ishmael and Isaac sitting at the same table. We create for ourselves a conflict. We create for ourselves a a friction on the inside of us. To the point that we, like the great apostle, declare the things that I would do, I do not and the things that I would not, those things I do. It is in this moment of desperation and in this moment alone that we began to calculate Somebody, something, could it be God and could it be that he is bigger than all our problems? Could it be that he is bigger than all of our fears? Could it be that he is bigger than any problem that we can or cannot see? I ask you again this morning, on this Lord's Day, how big is your God? He is not a God who is weak and weary. He is not a God who needs the support of the crutch of human faith. Some have declared and decreed, God can do anything you can believe him for. I'm going to be Buzz Lightyear. Just point at me and say, go ahead, Buzz. because your faith is finite. And I need to remind you, as I shared with you last week from Romans chapter one and verse three. One and three make a 13. And in 2013, 12 being the number of consummation, 13 becoming the number of initiation. The ancient Mayans declared 12, 12, 12 will be the end of mankind. It will be the end of the cosmos. There will have to be created a new order for all things will run out, run dry, and be still and finished. And I want to shout back through the corridors of the history to the ancient Mayans who who are much more brilliant than we give them credit for because they did understand that something cataclysmic, something beyond our comprehension, something beyond our ability to believe, something beyond our ability to perceive. I need to tell you today that the God you serve is greater than your perception. He is greater than your ability to see. He is greater than your ability to believe. He's been than we have preached. He is greater than we have prayed. He is more infinite than we could ever calculate in our finite minds. He is God and He is God alone and He is just about to resurrect Himself on the other side of every situation you have seen and can I tell you today that your eye has not seen nor has your ear heard neither has it entered into to your heart what things God has yet in store for you. Give him praise, give him glory. (laughs) Touch three people and tell them there's more. No, he's greater than that, there's more. No, he's bigger than that, there's more. Now faith is the substance of the things we hope for and faith is that sixth sense of evidence of the things we cannot see or perceive with our natural senses. Romans chapter one and verse three. He was born the seed of David, watch, according to the flesh. 2013 is destined to become the year when God answers every prayer you can. Think to pray but do not stop there for that is the natural proponent of God and I need some preachers to line up behind me today all over America and around the world and begin to declare a God that is not only greater than our ability to perceive, he's greater than our ability to believe. Your faith must become the release of the infinites of God, not its boundary. He's bigger than you've heard. How big is your God? How limited is his supply? How bound by boundary of time and space is his incalculable omnipotence. Declared to be, Romans 1, 3, the Son of God with power, by the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. That word declared, and I must hurry and not take time to recount my steps from a week ago declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. He was not declared in the English terminology, but rather, if you will trace it back, that word is much better declared, horizon. He is set forth upon the horizon by the resurrection of the dead. The horizon, that line where sea meets sky is the limitation of my ability to perceive, but it is not, my beloved, the limitation of the essential fact. Do not live your Christian experience as though the line was the end, as though you would fall off if you tried to believe God for a little bit more, that you would run into sea monsters and be consumed at the end of your ability to perceive and believe whatever you might think about God, because I want you to know when he kicked the end out of that tomb and painted a six-lane highway straight through to the New Jerusalem, he got up on the other side of what you think will kill you. He got up on the other side of what you think you could never get through. He got up on the other side of your ability to believe, and he declared, I am Alpha and Omega, I am the beginning and the end, I am He that was and is and is to come. Let me tell you what He was saying I am the infinite. Somebody do a Baptist boy preacher a little bit of help and just shout, "Preach, preacher!" Yeah. How big is your God? He's bigger than your denominational conception. Bigger than the church of God. Bigger than the assemblies of God. Bigger than the church of God in Christ. Bigger than the church of God in Christ of the seventh advent of the third millennial reign of the soon coming King Jesus. He is not limited by the third floor of denominational headquarters. He will ask no human permission. I need to have Dominion camp meeting so I can preach. How big is your God? He is the infinite. You see I've got you to believe. I've got to get you to believe that in 2013, God wants to blow your mind. I'm gonna to count to three in just a moment, and when I do, I want every person that wants to serve a God in 2013 that flips you out, blows your mind, turns you inside out. One, two. I want somebody to shout that wants to go where you've never been. Somebody shout for me that wants to see what you've never seen. Somebody that wants to receive what you've never received. Somebody that wants to see God do what you've never even heard that God could do. He is, He is the infinite. Here's what I need to tell you. He is defined only and and, and in to seek To define him, you limit him. So may I tell you that as best as human vernacular could ever begin to describe, it does not even come to the shore, much less let you swim in the ocean of the God you serve. He is so vastly infinite that it is incomprehensible. It is inconceivable. Somebody shout yes. It is impossible. Impossible to measure him. It is impossible to calculate his ability as the stars are too many to number He of he alone the God you serve is today Subject to no boundary bound by no Limitation he is the infinite God and with him all things are Somebody shout how big your God is. Ah, the text. The text. Job 26 and verse 7. He stretches out the north. I'm trying, honey. And look at me, look at me, look at me! They are told that in the northernmost part of the intergalactic nebula, 16 trillion, 604 billion miles in diameter, In the northernmost part of the constellation Orion there is a huge gaping black hole. Mount Zion in the sides of the north the city of the great king. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the ransomed and free fair, haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. They say that you could fit 90 Milky Way galaxies just into the width of that one little hole in infinity and your God why he fills all how big is your God though I soar to the heights of the infinite heavens he is there Make my bed in Sheol In the darkest, deepest, blackest, most cavernous hole In infinity. He is there also Don't think he's not in your bedroom When you're clicking on your computer At three in the morning Don't think, I've heard Pitiful preachers attempt to say you better drive the speed limit because God gets out. Where would he go? You better not go in the bar. God's not in there. Oh, he's in there. He's in the darkest depth in the lowest valley. He's in the deepest cavern in the blackest night. He's in the brightest day and the dawn of every morning. He is the I am that I am. I'm gonna quit when I get done. You might as well quit showing me signs. Louis L'Amour said, there will come a time. Here's what I want you to know about 2013. There will come a time that you believe everything is finished. That will be the beginning. Give him praise. Give him glory. When they seal that tomb shut. When he cried, it is finished! Heaven announced it's getting ready to start. I must hurry. There's a transitional praise in Ephesians 3.20, the keynote verse of 2013 now, unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think, slap your Bible and shout, that's how big my God is! Shout it again! Shout it again! Shout it again! bigger than my ability to perceive, bigger than my ability to think, bigger than my ability to imagine, bigger than my ability to ask or hope or dream. (sighs) Ah, But you have left me in the midst of Job 26, 7. He stretches out the north over the empty place their God, and he hung the earth on nothing. How big is your God? He's not the same God of 2012. The only thing that changes is your ability to conceive and perceive that he is bigger than your ability to conceive and perceive and believe. Touch your head and say, he's bigger than that. Touch your heart and say, he's bigger than that. Spread your arms and shout, he's bigger than that. Look to the heavens and shout, he's bigger than that. Think about cancer and declare, he's bigger than that, for God has given him a name, name, above the names in the earth, above the names beneath the earth, above the names above the earth. Uh, Perhaps I should have only given you the prelude. Ephesians 3.20 speaks to us of the inexhaustible fullness, which no prayer can ever diminish, much less draw down. Do you understand infinite? No. But try. He is not Alpha, the beginning point on a one-dimensional line, and Omega, the ending point on a one-dimensional line. He is Alpha and Omega not just one circle, but he is infinency. And every loop gives him propulsion into the next curve, which gives him velocity that drives him into the next curve, which gives him velocity, which causes him to create his own energy. Infinite, inexhaustible. Why do we pray for our needs to be met? As though we could diminish or draw down the supply. The more we take, the more ability is created for him to produce. You sow a seed. You reap a bucket. You sow a bucket and he brings a barrel. You sow a barrel and he, because he is infinite and everything you withdraw, his supply fills and overflows and then you withdraw and he fills and overflows and then you withdraw and it creates his own. That's how big my God is. I understand that there are those who in this modern church world don't have the, 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 the benefit of the theology that I grew up singing. We used to sing an old song that said, how big is God? Anybody remember the Blackwood brothers? 1955, the Blackwood Brothers recorded, how big is God? They said, though men may strive to go beyond the reach of space, to crawl beyond the distant shining stars. This world's a room so small within my father's house to open skies but a portion of his yard. How big is God? How big, how wide his vast domain to try to tell these lips can only start. He's big enough to rule this mighty universe and small enough to live within my heart. Oh, Lord, my God. When I an awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe display when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation to take me home what joy will fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and then there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my in my finite soul how great thou art how great thou art. He, in the form of Jesus, was not deity humanized, nor was he humanity deified. He was, all oh God, and oh man. Hear me. How big is your God? In the 70s, in a hurry, in the 70s, these esteemed PhDs lined up here on the first three rows. I tread softly. In the 60s, in the great universities, in centers of higher learning, Professor Dumbbell. He stroked his goatee with a wreath of smoke from his pipe encircling his balding head. Leaning forward over his oaken desk, he declared to the world, no PhD. But I do have a question. If God is dead, who was his assassin? Is dead. Where is the cemetery plot with the tombstone that bears his name? If God is dead, how many human men were called to have the strength and the capacity of of muscle to carry that coffin? Who preached his eulogy? God is dead, I need the address of the funeral home. I want to send flowers and by the way, if God is dead, why wasn't I notified? I'm a member of the family. touch three people and ask them how big is your God? Let me answer that question for you. The sweet psalmist of Israel in Psalm 14 and verse 1 declare, The fool hath said in his heart there is no God. Get up, go tell 10 people God's alive. I just talked to him this morning. newspaper carried his obituary. If God is dead, who did they call to perform the eulogy? If God is dead, what embalming fluid was used to cause the spirit to cease to be? I need to answer that question for you. God is a spirit and he cannot die. He cannot die by assassination. He cannot die by proclamation. He cannot die by accident. He will not die of old age. He is not weary. He is not tired. He is not worn. He will resurrect himself and beat the pallbearers back to the house and shake the hand of the naysayers and the deniers and the skeptics. How big is your God? He will not cease to exist because of backslidden pulpits and lazy lustful preachers. Nor will he be done in by the insidious leaven of the modern Pharisees with their religious rules and rudiments nor will he be done in by the modern Sadducees with their voluminous books declaring he does not exist. He is as real today as he was when Adam and Eve first flickered their eyes open and saw what a God and what a garden. He's as real today as he was in the flaming burning bush when he presented himself as the infinite God to Moses. He is as real today and faithful as he was to Abraham when he moved him out of her of the Chaldeans. How big is your God? He'll provide for you like he provided a fish with a coin in its mouth for Peter. He'll heal you today just like he healed blind Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside begging, He'll deliver you today the same as when he stepped his foot off the Sea of Galilee's shore and into the area of Gadara and delivered a man with 2,000 demons living inside his body. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How big is your God? I'm tired of being scolded by a bunch of wheat kneed milk, soft milk, toast faithless evangelicals that want to put a limit on the God I serve and look down their religious nose when I declare he's bigger than you've ever dreamed. In the 70s, we switched from God is dead. They didn't get much traction with that. Can I finish? In the seventies, they moved into If God is not dead. Then my question is, where did he come from? Thank you for asking. Habakkuk declared, I saw him leave. Tamon, and the Holy One, depart, I, I saw him, Tamon, before he set the earth And there was nothing but ebony, eye aching blackness and void before he set time. If you think he's been something thus far, wait till we all get home. Wait until his house is filled with clapping, shouting, praising, dancing, worshiping redeemed people. Do you think you're going to heaven and sit by a river and dip your feet? I'm going to rule universes. Why well, do you look at me cross-eyed? You think, you think of heaven like a city in America, only the streets are gold instead of concrete. The creative capability the infinity of God. I'm going home home into the bosom of God, home into the creative capability of God, home where I've always been born to be, home where this creative capability, this creative desire, this want for more, this desire for more than I've had. Well, let me answer your question for you. Where did God come from? Of course, the skeptics desiring, as did the Pharisees, to catch us, to pull one over on us. If God, you see, had a beginning, then God of necessity would have an ending. Everything that begins, ends. That's why your Bible says, he came, my dear skeptic, from nowhere. And and, and when he came from nowhere, He stood on nothing. And while he was standing on nothing, having come from nowhere because there was nowhere to come from, wherever that was, he was already there. I don't know why we sing come Holy Spirit. Where would he come from? He's here right now enveloping, covering, filling, overflowing, effervescent, never ending, never dying, never weakening, never diminishing. He is the infinite and he came from nowhere because there was nowhere to come from and he stood on nothing because there wasn't anything to stand on and he reached out into nothing where there was nothing to reach for and he grabbed a hold of something that wasn't there and he Pulled it out of nowhere, having hold of something and hung it on nothing. <laughs> and pointed his finger and told it to stay there. Touch your neighbor and say, God came from nowhere, stood on nothing, grabbed hold of something that was nothing, having taken hold of something, hung it on nothing, and then told it to stay. Do you need scripture? Do you need scripture? It was in the text, he hung this earth on nothing. and nobody said a word. Because there was nobody to say anything. So God folded his arms and said, that's good. But you know the story? Right there in the middle of paradise, God came down. In the midst of all that retrieval where God had created man in his own image. Rebellion had entered the heart of man. Man's moral clock had been wound backwards. The image of God dashed to pieces. The locust and its great king had come and turned blossom into dust. Death had come. And turned blue the lips of the children of men. But God showed up in the midst of all that retrieval and made a propitiation. That's a big word. He gave us a promise, but not an ordinary promise, a promise with hope attached. He came forth out of Edom and dyed garments of bozrah He washed himself in his own blood, bursting through the bloody flanks of a 14-year-old virgin girl, and there he hung, pale and pallid, and quoted from Psalm 22. It is finished. Which means it's time to start. God brings a consummation for one purpose, an initiation. If you will look beyond your sin you will see nothing but potential. For this cause came he into the world. God just this morning, on this Lord's day says to you, I'm bigger than you have perceived. I'm even bigger than you have believed because before you asked me, I forgave you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode.